Okay, let's get into Parsha's bow. Tavshin Ayin Vav. One of the more exciting Parshias. Again, out of all of these uh, Parshias, we have Yetzias Mitzrayim, and then we have uh, Kriyas Yamsuf and Maimed Arsinai all coming up. Bo B'Shalach Yisro jam-packed over the next couple of weeks. And we start off <laughs> with uh, a thought about the machlokas between Moshe and Paro. Okay, what exactly is the machlokas? The machlokas is, should they let my people go or should they not let my people go? But uh, if we look in the Psukim, there's a specific machlokas, and there the machlokas takes on different forms. We're going to look at the one that is uh, right here towards the beginning of the Parsha, after the warning of the Makkeh of Arbe. And then later on, we have another machlokas uh, between them. But what happens in this one? Perek Yud Pasuk Zayin. The Pasuk starts off. The Avadim of Paro say to Paro, listen, it's enough already. This is number seven. We believe him. This is number eight. We believe him. And, you know, why don't you just give in? Let them go serve their gods. So Paro's like, okay. So Paro says, okay, go serve your God. Well, Paro says it. But who do you want to take? Who do you want to take? But Yomar Moshe, meaning Paro, was just assuming that it wasn't everybody. I mean, who's the ones that worship? Who has to go? Who's going? And Moshe answers, Moshe, With our young and with our old we go. Kichag Hashem Lanu. We are going with our young, with our old. We are going with with everybody under the sun, with our animals, with our children. Kichag Hashem Lanu, because it's a chag for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Vayomer Aleihem, and Paro says, No, no, no. Yehichen Hashem Yimachem Kasher Hashalechestem. I understand God is with you, but Lochein Luchuna Gvarim Beivdu As Hashem. Only the men should go. Kiosatem Evakshem. Paro says, it's the man or nobody. And he threw him out. What exactly is the root machlokas here between Moshe and Paro? Paro said, just the men. And Moshe says, no. Everybody's gone. So we mentioned many years ago, I thought of the Klayakar, but this year we're going. A new Sefer, how to off the market. My father just gave me a copy. He found it in a shul called Lehisanig. Name of the Sefer. Lehisanig Nugim. So we have two entries from that sefer here in this uh, in this week's parsha, Shamati Lafarish in source number one. Shahavi kuach be Moshe Rabbeinu laparahayu ma hayachas lavodas Hashem. How do we look at religious performance? How do we look at our avoda, our mitzvos, our obligations? Paro is yachis lavodas Hashem kamo avodas chulin. Paro looked at it as a job, avoda literally, avoda milacha. You have certain activities that are demanded, certain external actions that have to be performed, similar to what the Ben Harasha says in the Haggadah. Right? What is this avoda that you are doing? What is this? Right? What are you doing? He's, he's like, it's like a, you know, saying that it's, it's a, not giving it any type of value. And if it's just avoda, if it is specific actions that are demanded, so then only the men should do it. You could do it by proxy. You could do it through a shliach. After all, it's just requirements that have to get fulfilled. And Moshe says, no, no, you don't understand the whole idea of avodas Hashem. Avodas Hashem is a lifestyle. Avodas Hashem is, is something that, we, that encompasses everything that we do. It's not just a number of external activities that are demanded. It is all-encompassing. It is something that we love to do, something that we look forward to doing. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, line 6, Armala Moshe Rabbeinu, Binarenu uviskenenu nelech, Bivanenu vivnosenu, Bitson, everybody. Masha taro'eh ba'avodah ka'ol. You look at it like a burden. You look at it like an avodah, kamasakave, like a heavy load. Anachnu ro'em kechag. Simcha hilanu ki chag l'Hashem lanu. We look at it as a simcha. Ukishok chogegim chag gam anashim ayeladim vazakinim kula mishtatfim bechagiga. Because this is something our holidays says 
the Sefer Lehis Aneg, our holidays are not like just requirements that we have to go through, but it is experiences that we want to go through that changes our life. And he quotes from Rav Moshe. We mentioned this. Rav Moshe talks about this a number of times in the Drash Moshe. But he quotes it also that um, you know the early part of the 20th century, as we know, when people came over to America, and it was very difficult because most employers uh, did not accept the fact that one would not work on Shabbos. Well, now you don't come to work on Saturday, and so then you uh, you uh, should not. And the, the employer says, if somebody doesn't come into work on Saturday, don't bother coming to work on Monday. And that was a, the major challenge at that time, being a Shomer Shabbos in the new land. And Rav Moshe Feinstein was ruggled to, to discuss, line 14, two families that lived in his neighborhood. Both families, both fathers were Moser Nefesh. To keep Shabbos. And every Friday, they came home without a job. They had to leave early. They didn't have a job. And one family was Zochet to have tremendous Nachas, as children. And the second one was not Zochet. And the Yiladim, the children, we're distant from the Derech HaTorah. And Rav Moshe explained, obviously everything is Yad HaDashmaya, but we have to do our Ishtabus. So was there a difference in the Ishtabus of the parents in this case? Says Rav Moshe, yes. The difference was how they related to their situation. They were both in the same situation. They both lost their jobs every Friday. But the question was, how did they react? When the father made Kiddush Friday night, Shabbos is such a pain. Shabbos, look what Shabbos did to us. Again, I don't have a job. Again, I'm out of it. This is making me crazy. I can't believe this. This is what Shabbos... Schwartz is I need. It's hard to be a Jew. And the children hear this. If it's so hard for my father, I'm not on that level. I can't do it. Shabbos is so difficult. So the next generation is one step even more removed. And it doesn't last. But the other family says, And the father came home and said, Children, Hashem gave us such a matana. A matana that's worth more than any job in the world. Okay. You know, it's challenging sometimes, but you know what? It's so worth it. Shabbos is awesome. Shabbos is amazing. And he loves what we do. And let's get the most out of Shabbos. And Monday morning I'll find something. I'm not worried. I'm not nervous. That's how we look at our Avodah Hashem. It's an all-encompassing, fulfilling service that we do for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Not some, something just demanded that might be able to be performed by proxy, only by the men, and that's what Paro didn't understand. He didn't understand what it means, the Klayaka that we mentioned six years ago or so, discusses also, that's what a Yantav is about, it's about family, it's about experiencing it all, all as a nation, as a whole. Okay, we continue. Moshe Rabbeinu, Gets through the uh, gets through nine makos and parak yud aleph pasig dalid. We have the warning of makas bechoros. We have a short little parak, only ten psukim. Parak yud aleph. This is the prelude to the final makah. Vayomer Moshe Kamar Hashem. Moshe says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu has told me, Kachatzos Halayla Ani Yotzei B'Soch B'Tzrayim at midnight. I will go out. Rashi says, what is kachatzos? So, the Pashup Shat, Rashi quotes, is kehechalek halayla. When the night is split, kehechalek halayla, kachatzos, kemo, kaalos, as it goes up, zerb shutoli ashev alafno, shein chatzos, shein dover shel chetzi. Okay, the Pashup Shat is at midnight. But Chazal make a very big deal of this. That the fact that it doesn't say Bachatos Alayla. But it says Kachatos. Like ka, k in Hebrew is always just like, almost like. Ki is not exactly Kilu. Ki 
It's a comparison, but it's not exactly. And Chazal pick up on the difference between this Pasuk and later on in the Parsha, Vayehi Bachatzi Halayla. Bachatzi Halayla versus Kachasos. And that, of course, Rashi quotes from the Gemara at the beginning of Masechah's Brachis on Davdalid. Rashi quotes, V'raboseinu darshu kemo kibachatzos halayla v'yamru sha'amar Moshe kachatzos t'mash besamach lo olafan of olacharav what is kachatzos? Almost at chatzos. 12.02, not 11.58 in Shoz Manios. And v'loamar bachatzos or maybe not. Shema is actually, probably not, probably actually 12. Shema Yitztu at Stagnine Paro. Why? Because the Stagninim, the astronomers, those um, special ser- uh, servants of Paro might make a mistake and their watch will be wrong and they'll think it was 1202 instead of a 12 and they'll call Moshe a liar. They're Moshe Badoyhu and that's why Moshe says Kachatzos to leave it a little flexible. But it actually happened at Fahibachatzi Alayla. Okay, that's the Gemara and Brothers. Let's see the Rabbeinu Bachat. Rabbeinu Bachai in source number two. He quotes this. Hagadosh Baruch Hu Amar Lo Bachatzos Kikein Heida Torah B'Maisa Vayibachatzi Alayla. That's when it actually happened at midnight. Aval Moshe Amar Kachatzos, as Chazal say, Kedesh Lo Yitu at Stagnine Paro V'Yomer Moshe Badoyu. V'Yish L'Shalom Alma Harzeh. Answer Rabbeinu Bachai. Ki B'Vadai It's Stagnine Paro V'Chartumav Min Make Ashlishes Shehodu Al Karcham. Since Makkah number three, the as we saw last week, the Khartoumim have already admitted that HaKadosh Baruch was in charge. Remember we discussed last week, okay, we gave another shot, but the Pashtas is, Etz Belokim! It's the finger of God, we can't make this! All of these, Arov, Dever, Shechin, Barat, all of them. Lo Nisra'u mitlifnei Moshe, v'lo bo be'echal ha'melaklal. They believe. They've come around. As we just read on Masa Yezalon Lomokesh, they say to, to Paro. They've come a long way. Why do we even think that they would do this? It's not like they're, they're not in the zone right now. They're screaming at Paro. Let these people go. They believe already. So what were they worried about? Vehem yodim, they recognize already. There were some Egyptians that weren't. That's true. As we mentioned last week also, by Barad. But the, we read in this week's Parsha, they were scared. They realize that he is in charge. And therefore, what are we worried about? Number one. Number two, Esher Bein on the top of the next page. Va'od on the second line. Kiyavim Let's say they make a mistake. What do we care? So they'll make a mistake. Why does Moshe have to change the words of his nevuah just so that the Mitzrayim don't make a mistake? Do we really care so much about what the Itztagninim think? Kiyavim Moshe. We know every single word that Moshe Rabbeinu says is Nevuah, Shechina Medaber Mitogrono. He was the only Navi like that. He saw Baspaklaria Hameira. He saw divine clarity. And he has to change a letter of his Nevuah because these Egyptians might make a mistake? Why do we care? So number one, why are we worried that it was going to happen? Excuse me, it's going to happen. And number two, why do we care? Says Rabbeinu Bachai, Vahanire Lomar, Ki'ad Hamaka Hashlishish, as we know, at the beginning of the process, they denied. Dam, Tzvardeya, they were in denial. They said, we could do it too. You're bringing magic to this country. I don't know what you're doing, Moshe. It was clear to them that Moshe was false. That's how they started out, at one extreme. Slowly, slowly, there's been a process taking place. Slowly, there's a recognition, there's a deepening, an understanding of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. As the Psukim say, "Laman Teda ki ein kamoni ki Laman ki Lashem Aretz." Avokasher Hoysa Hamaka Ashlishes 
But starting from Maka number three, as we've just said, they start believing. One by one, every Maka teaches them something else. And after every Asra, it comes when Moshe says it's going to come. It disappears right when Moshe davens for it to disappear. And they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. The purpose of the Makos is not just to get the Jews out of Mitzrayim. It's to teach the world a lesson. And you know what? Everybody got that lesson. Except for Amalek, which is a separate power, which we'll have to talk about next week at the end of the Parsha. But it worked. It was a process. Line 9. Such a Kiddush Hashem. Every time there was a Makkah, more deeper to give Amuna, and more deeper to give Amuna. And finally, we're up to the last level. Moshe says, I don't want to blow it now. I do care about what they think. Because the process of the Makos is to bring a recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's all a building, a building, a building, a building. And I need the last one to be perfect, unbelievable. Blow your mind. No room for thinking anything else. And if it means I have to change one letter of my nevuah, so be it. Because that will be the greatest Kiddush Hashem in the world. Even though, yes, how could you not if it happens at 12.02? But says Moshe, for Kiddush Hashem Shemayim, I'll change a letter of my nevuah. This is the stamp of all ten. There hasn't been a way out. There hasn't been a way to to get confused from Maka 3 to 9. There was never anything. And now I'm going to take my chances and say Kachatzos or Bachatzos. Moshe says, I'm not taking the chance that there'll be a Chil Hashem and then they'll start questioning even the earlier Makos. Really, was it as is human nature? Says Moshe, Kedai, I will change it for the good of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what happened and that's why we have in our Pasuk, Kachatzos and not Bachatzos. Okay. Moving right along. So we have Makos Bechorus. There's so much in this Parsha. Paragud Beis, we have the command of the mitzvah, the first mitzvah of Achodesh Zelachem, the first mitzvah given to Am Yisrael, as the Svarno discusses from a number of years ago, we are, we are controllers of time, but also we have all the details of Karban Pesach. The first Karban, the Rambam, Menelchus Karbanos, the first Karban he discusses is Karban Pesach. So it's not only first chronologically the national Karban, but it's first conceptually. And that's why the Rambam puts it first. It is the source, the model, so to speak, of all Karbanas. Karban Pesach. Let's pick up on one word. One word in the commands. Many different halachos, many different mitzvahs are counted in Karban Pesach. Shechita Pesach, Achila Pesach, Fa'achla Zapasach Balai Lazeh. Pasik Tes. Al-Tochlu Bimenu Na. Don't eat it raw. No. Let's say that's what Na means. Rashi says, you know, it's called Sarcho. It's not, right, it's medium rare. It's not roasted fully. Karunabalashan Aravi. Don't eat it raw. Next Pasik. Veloso siru bimenu ad boker and don't leave over until the morning. So one Pasik says, I'll talk bimenu na. Next Pasik, veloso siru bimenu ad boker. Ask the Meshachachma. Classic Meshachachma. I was just looking back. I can't believe we haven't done this in the past seven years, but it's about time. Says the Meshachachma. Why is it that in Pasuk Tess, the Tzivoy is with an Al? And in Pasuk Yud, the Tzivoy is with a Lo. So we will say, okay, sometimes the Torah uses Al, sometimes the Torah uses Lo. It, they both mean don't. Right? Yishomer, Pen, Al, or Lo. They all mean the same thing. But says the Meshachachma, obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't think that. If there's an Al, it means Al. If it means Lo, it means Lo. What's the difference between Al and Lo? Right here, in one pasuk after another one, don't eat it. Al tochlu mimenu na, and lo sosir mimenu adbok. Says the Meshachach, source number four, a yisod that carries us through the entire Torah, and he gives ten examples. We won't do all of them, and not only in the Torah, even in Navi, as we see one example. 
What's the difference between a low sase with al and a low sase with low? They're both low sases. That's agreed. But why does one say low? Why does one say al? Da, says the Meshachachma. You shall know. Ki ahevdel bein al hu, as follows. Ki al hu inyin bakasha. Let's start off with the opposite. Low is an absolute command. Low means no. Low means it's usser, absolute, objective isser. That's what low is. No room for flexibility. No room for uh, thinking that there's anything, any other way to understand it. It's not extra. That's low. Al is more flexible. Al sometimes, the Meshachachim is going to say, is more of a request than a absolute isser. It might be an isser, but it's not as objective, absolute an isser. Al. Only with the word al. Let's see his words now. Let's see the Meshachachim now. The word na, please, appears with the word al in the Torah. It never appears with the word lo. Lo na, you never hear that. Al na, you hear. Because al is a softer lashon. Al na, please don't. Lo na is a, don't, please. No, that, no, that doesn't fit. Al na, because al is softer. It's more, yes, they're both sivuyim, but Al is a softer one. When we talk to Hashem, the other way, what do we say? In tefillah, we never say lo to Hashem. Hashem, don't throw me away when I get older. Because we're not commanding God, forcefully. When we talk to Hashem, we use the softer lashon. Because it's a bakasha. We say it all the time. We just don't appreciate it. That's the difference. So what does that have to do with us? And then we'll see another eight examples. Says the Meshachachma, V'hinei, Terem hika, Hashem kol b'char, Mivitzrayim, Halo az, Hayu amitzrayim, Choshvim, Shazenyin, Tbetachvulos Moshe. Before Makas Bechoros, and, and Yitzias Mitzrayim. As we know, the Mitzrayim thought, what is this all about? It's all Moshe. And Mia says, Zelonu l'mokesh. From Maka number 10, as we just described, there was no doubting. From the moment of Maka's Bechoros till today, we realize Hashkacha Pratis. And that's why the Gemara tells us at the beginning of Ezeo Nashech, in the fifth parak, in Bab Metziah, line 25, or let's just read the whole Gemara. Amar Rava, line twenty-two. Lamali dekasa of Rachmani Tias Mitzrayim beribis betzitzes bemishkolos. Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ani Yushiv Chati Mitzrayim betibasha bechar letibashina bechar. I perform makas bechoros. Ani Yushasali Para. I'm the one that's going to punish those who sin and reward those who do the right thing, because makas bechoros proved Hakadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. And at that moment, we became. His avadim. We became Meshubitim because look what he did to us. He takes us out of Mitzrayim. Makas Bacharos was the beginning of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the actual that night, and therefore something changed. Says the Meshachachma, Al Tochlu Mimenu Na, don't eat it raw. But what is that command relating to? It's relating to when you're roasting the Karan Pesach. That's done earlier. That's done earlier in the day. Before Marcus Bechoros. So he uses the softer Lashon Al. We're not totally Meshubid yet. We're not his Avadim yet. He didn't finish the process. But afterwards, after Marcus Bechoros, we're talking about eating the current Pesach. Loto Boker. It changes to a low. Because now your mind says, Akadosh Baruch Hu. Now my Avadim, and you have a Chov to fulfill. 
bottom of the page. Vo'achain, amar al-tochlu mimenu na, pirish mi bod yom gamkain, raklashin bakasha, sh'azhaya ikr me'am Yisrael sh'aminu b'ashem Yisbarach, believe in me, and I'm not forcing yet, but then on line two, the second column, acharei chatzos, kasher ha'yiyat, sa'aka gedola, v'yishalchu eschem, v'yiyukala b'chor meisim, az nofalashan lo sosiru, Everybody realizes who I am now, and you're Meshubit to me, and that's why the stronger Lashon is used of low. So it's Al, and it's low. And he gives many examples of this uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the Torah. Let's just do a, a few of them. Let's read the, uh, let's skip to the next two. Let's go to the top of the next page. Source number five. An example where you see Al and low. V'chein b'kedoshim, al tifnu el ha'elilim, ve'lohei masecha lo sa'asu lochem. Don't turn towards God, Avodah Zarah. At least this Avodah Zarah is with an al. Yeah, there are many Lashonos. Ve'lohei masecha lo sa'asu lochem. Ki al ha'machshava lo ya'us tzivoy hechleti. You know why he uses al here, says the Meshachachma? Because to command on a thought process... That is harder to have an absolute iser. Somebody thinks how can we control our thoughts always? Ow, that is focused on the thoughts. Lo, don't do this. Lo sasu Ow, there in contrast to lo, that's why al is used by the thoughts. And low is used by the actions. Or he talks about, on line 15, the mun. By the mun, we have Isurim, obviously not mitzvahs for Ladoros eternally. But, says the Meshachachma, by the mun, Al Yosem Emmanuel Boker, Al Yeti Ishbim Komo, don't go collect the mun. Don't leave it over. Al. Why is there an al and not a low? Because even if you go out, it's not like you're going to find any. It's not like you could be successful in this. You think you're going to leave it over? It's going to spoil. You think you're going to go out and collect on Shabbos? It's not going to be there. That's an owl. Because that's not a command. Don't do this because it'll be fruitless even if you tried to do it. But when it comes to other tzivuyim, as we know, it's low. Two more examples and then we'll be finished. Next column. Again, there are others. We're not doing all of them. But it's a basic yesod of the Meshachachma. Line 8 in the next column. Yain v'sheicher al The Isser of a Kohen drinking wine and going into the base of Migdash. What does it say? Al teisht. Why al? Because at the time that he's drinking, he still has not done anything wrong. So you can't say low teisht, don't drink. What, the Kohen can't drink wine? It means don't drink wine and then go into the mikdash. But at the moment that he drinks the wine, it's not an absolute iser. That's why al is used and not lo. Yain v'sheicher al teish shebeshas ashtia enos a iser adayin rakishikvar shasa asulikanes. Afterwards, there's an iser. Vim shasa har beishigil shakrusa shalopatimim alkus. And therefore, the drinking can't be prefaced with a lo. Don't do step one, which might lead to step two. That's the al instead of the low. And there are other examples as well. Let's just go to the last four lines. Classic, not only in the Torah, but here he has it even in Navi. The story in Paragimel, in Malachim Aleph, after Shlomo HaMelech, has the vision, the chalom, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, what can I give you? I'll give you anything you want. And he says, I just want chachma. Give me chachma so I can understand you. And Hashem says, great, I'll give you everything. Right after that, there's a graphic illustration in the Navi of the two women with the dead baby and the live baby and Shlomo HaMelech bringing the, bringing the knife. And we all know what happened that the real mother says, no, take the, take the, uh, take the baby. Line 41. Look closely at the Lashen. Vatomer biadoni, tenula es hayolod hachai, v'halmeis al temisuhu. The Isha, 
The mother, the mother's not in charge, the mother's not a judge. So the mother says, no, take the baby. Al-Timisuhu. Shlomo HaMelech says, give that mother the baby. Vahames lo Timisuhu. What just changed? The mother is Lashen Bakasha. The mother is more requesting. And the mother says, Al. Shlomo HaMelech then hears that, he sees what the din is, and he gives the command. Switches from the Al to the Lo. Okay. So that takes us, we're in the process, carbon Pesach. Back to the Psukim. You shall eat it like this. You should have your money, your belts on, your shoes on. We'll get back to that at the end. I will pass through Eretz Mitzrayim on that night. And I will hit every Bachar from man to animal. Everyone. Rashi, the Avarti, Kemelech HaOver Mimakom Mimakom. Like a king that goes from one place to the other place, Ubahavara Achazaburega Echad Kulon Lokin. At the very same second, very same second. Well, we noted maybe a couple of years ago, maybe it was like, it, we know there are time zones, but really every inch in the world is is a separate time zone. We just don't do that because we can't live that way. So there was one shot that said, maybe I got a spark who passed through, and as he passed through, it was milliseconds separated, but it seemed like it was the same time. Either way, via Varti. There is, though, something we say in the Haggadah that Rashi does not quote on this passage. Via Varti, Beres Mitzrayim, Balayla, Azeah, we say in the Haggadah, source number six, Ani, what does it mean, I will pass through, Ani Malach. I'm doing it, says Hashem. I'm doing this last makkah. He's not sending a shliach, he's not sending a malach amaves. Hashem himself is performing this makkah. What's the emphasis? Why do we need a Kaddish, what, what do we need a Kaddish Baruch Hu dafka? Let's say that, that level of divine presence. What's the emphasis? of HaKadosh Baruch Hu coming in now, in order to bring this Makkah. Says Rav Zevin, we haven't had Rav Zevin in a number of weeks, in Latar Moadim, quoting a Maharal and building on it. Very creative. The Maharal is always into numbers. Says the Maharal, HaMaharal mi prag koveya, ki mispar tisha, hu misparim. Nine is a very special number. Every number is special. But tonight we're going to talk about nine. And its relationship to ten. Right, there's many different numbers. Three is unique. Seven and eight, obviously. Teva and Nes. But he's going to talk about nine. Says the Maharal, nine is unique. How is it unique? It is the climax of any number, a set of numbers. Single digits, the highest one is nine. After nine, it's different. It's double digits. What's the highest level in double digits? Ninety-nine. Two nines. Then you get to the next. What's the next one? Nine hundred and ninety-nine. And that nine is the high point, is the pinnacle, is the summit, the highest you could get in every set of numbers. That's nine. Ten is, is a qualitatively different symbol. That's tens. Just like nine is the greatest number in the individual digit realm, the greatest tens is ninety. Right, and a hundred is different. The Nine is really, you've already accomplished something at nine. You've gotten to the high point. And he even notes, the Mishnah tells us in Perkeyavos, Asara Ma'amaros Nivra Ha'olam. With ten Ma'amaros, with ten utterances, Hashem created the world. Meaning, there are ten Vayomers. But the Mishnah points out, the Mepharshim say, it really, there is only nine Vayomers. Bracious itself is number ten. But again, you see, it's nine and one. It's not ten. What's the message? 
the word Once you have nine, then you can have Bereshis. But what's the message? What's the message of nine and ten? That's the Maharal. But now, Rav Zevin goes on and says, what's the message of nine and ten? Once you have nine, it's the climax. It sets the stage for something radical. In the world of numbers, it's another digit. In the realm of life, there's something qualitatively different that could happen beyond nine. The numbers reflect that. Where do we see that? We'll skip the there's a discussion, maybe we'll come back in the middle, but skip a paragraph. Meiser Behema. We know the rule, Meiser Behema. We have ten, we have a sheep, we have to give every tenth to the Kohen. But how do we do it? We count it out. We have to put them through a little hole in the fence, and we have to put the sheep. One, two, three, four, nine. Next one's Kadosh. Next one's Kadosh. What happens, asks the Gemara, if I mess up in the counting? And after I did nine, the one that goes through, I also label nine. By mistake. Or I label it eleven. It's automatically kadosh, even if I messed up the numbers. Why? Because once I do nine, I have set the stage for the qualitatively unique event that's going to happen after nine. Post nine is kadosh. You don't need to call it ten. That's the message of Meiser Behema Afilu Betos. Line 14. And the Gemara says, Asiri It's Memela. When I count nine, If it just walks through, Why? When I complete nine, that leaves open the potential for Kedusha, the potential for, for sanctity. And he even quotes in the paragraph that we skipped. You even have that in the Kodesh Kadashim. You have it in the Kodesh Kadashim. Why? We know the Aron, according to Chazal, couldn't fit in the Kodesh Kadashim. Physically. And that's why Chazal tells us, Aron Einam and Amida. It didn't take up space. That was one of the miracles regarding the regarding the Aron. And he quotes the math. The Kodesh Kadashim, line 7, was 20 Amos long. The Aron was in the middle. How long was the Aron? Two and a half Amos. So you have 20 Amos and two and a half Amos. What do you have left? 17 and a half Amos. 17 and a half Amos and the wings of the Kruvim. What did they each have? Nine plus on each side assuming it was in the middle. So you see, even in the Kodesh Kadashim, it's beyond nine. That's where Kedusha is. That's each side of the Aron is nine plus. Right? Nine, you have that sometimes. You have nine and a, you know, give a child a Sefer Torah. Nine plus a Sefer Torah can make a minion. Right? Nine plus, you have that even in Halacha sometimes. But then he says, continuing back to where we're up to, Line 17, 18. The Gemara tells us in Baba Kama, if I dream, what if you dream about the olive base? Halavai, we should all dream about the olive base. But different letters have different messages. The Gemara tells us in Baba Kama, he quotes it on line 18, Haroa tes bechalom simen If you dream of a tes, it's a good sign. Good simen. If you dream of a tes. And the Gemara says, but what do you mean? There are some bad, quote-unquote, negative sukkah that start with a test. So the Gemara says, okay, test base, tof. But it starts with a test. Not, if you dream of that, that means you're dreaming beyond. I'm dreaming, I'm aspiring. That's the message of dreaming of a nine. Right? I'm dreaming to go beyond. And that's why. Now back to our discussion. We've had nine makos. The table has been set. The stage, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bechvodu 
Makas Bacharis has to be done by Kaddish Baruch himself. Because once you have nine, now you need something qualitatively different. Now there were others that were involved. Moshe and Aaron took part with the Mate. Right? Nothing happened in this market. There was no human input. Because it's beyond nine. Beyond nine. Makas Bacharos. And that is what is the message. Line like in the last paragraph, just like once you had nine ma'amaros, the world came into existence, Barashas. And then he quotes the makos were from the ma'amaros, and that turns into the Aseris Hadibros. Ten, why are there always ten? So ten is a unit. But ten is also the number beyond nine. Because nine, and then there's the n- new quality, the Aseris Adibros, the Aser Mamaros, the Aser Makos. That's the message of something being qualitatively beyond. Something very special. Okay, let's continue now. We're still in Paragud Base. Still in Paragud Base. Says the Torah, Vahiyadam Bachem Laos, we're supposed to keep the, take the Dam, Ufasakti Alechem, and I will pass over. Right, remember that in Torah Shebechsav, Pesach is not what we call Pesach. This is just parenthetically, it's come up in Pesachirim. In the Torah, what we call Pesach is called Chagamatzos. In the Torah, Pesach is Erev Pesach. Because that's the day that we do Shecht, the Karben Pesach, and the Avod of the Karben Pesach. Erev Pesach is Pesach, we call it Chagamatzos. And I believe Yisrael Mibarditshev writes that, why is that? Because Pesach symbolizes Hashem's greatness. He passed over us and didn't kill the firstborns. Matzah symbolizes our greatness. We went out without bread, without anything. We rushed out. So Hashem calls it Chag because He takes pride in what we do. While we call it Pesach, we take pride in what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us. So, with a lot of other examples. Hashem's tefillin, our tefillin. Good. Vechulu, and you shall remember this day, eat matzah, vechulu, and pasuk yudzayin, ushmartem esamatzas. You shall guard the matzah. Ki be'etzem ayom hazeh, hotesi es tzivo sechem me'eretz mitzrayim. You shall guard the matzah, because on that day, Hashem took you out. Ushmartem esayom hazeh, l'adar wazechem chukas olam. Says Rashi, again, a well-known Rashi, Pashtus, guard the matzah, what we call shmura matzah. Guard the matzah from becoming chametz. Okay, if you see it becoming chametz, throw it into cold water, so it doesn't become chametz. Rabbi Yoshia Omer. But then Rabbi Yoshia says in Rashi, Altihi kare es hamatzos, ela es hamitzvos. Remember, in the Torah, there's no nekudos. The Radvaz writes in a tshuva, there are no nekudos in order to leave open many different interpretations of the words and of the psukim. So you could also read it, don't only guard the matzahs, but guard the mitzvos. Be careful. Don't let the mitzvahs rise and get away from you. Kederach she'en machmitzen es ha-matzos, kach e'en machmitzen es ha-mitzvos. Ele imbaliyadcha asei otamiyad. Act with alacrity by matzos, Act with alacrity when it comes to mitzvos. That's Rashi. If you look in the Ksav Sofer, in source number eight, says the Ksav Sofer, beautiful chazal, great, matzahs, mitzvos, but how does it relate to the second half of the Pasuk? Let's assume like the Drash. Guard the matzah. Ki be'etzem ayom Because at that very day, Hashem took us out. What's, how is that connected to the drush? Assuming that we're, the drush connects to the rest of the Pasik. Says the Ksav Sofer, the great son of the Chasam Sofer. Venera Lee, line 5. Lahazbir. Dimyon Shimer Matzah, Slashimer Mitzvah, Slashimer Matzah. Let me deepen our appreciation of that comparison of Matzahs and Mitzvahs. Kimosha Matzah, Tzricha Shmira, Mechimutz. If you turn away from the matzah for a second, for a moment, you have hezach you could ruin it. That's what can happen. 
Kain Saor Shebisa, Huayetsahara, Bishi Muat Balamas Ayin Kimat Rega, Milamo Negdo, Vilichbo Show, Mechametsa Isa Huleva Adam. Just like we can't have one moment of Hesachadas from the Matzah, we can't have one moment of Hesachadas from the Mitzvah. From the chance to do a Mitzvah. Because we have, if we have an opportunity, if we turn away for a second, if we don't do it, if we say, like it says in Pirkei Avos, I'll tomar Right? If we say, I'll do it then, so then it's, it's not going to happen. Why? Because it's like the matzah. If we have one moment, Who knows? Who knows? Every second is important. Don't push off Something that you could do right now. And we mentioned in the past, some of the Bali Musar say that's even learned out from next week's Parsha as well. Next week's Parsha as well, where the Torah tells us, we just find it, Perik, the end, by, by Amalek, Perik Yerzayin Pasuk Tes, choose man, vitzay, go fight Amalek. Machar. Anochi notes, these are Rosh What Machar tomorrow? So the Bali Musar say, Amalek is the power of Machar. Yeah, do it tomorrow. Don't worry, do it tomorrow. We have to do it today for. Procrastination, delaying. I'll do it then. That's the power of Amalek. That's not Ushmartem Esamatzos, Ushmartem Esamitzos. Says the Ksav Sofer, every moment is crucial because every moment we could lose the chance. And that's exactly the connection to the rest of the Pasuk. Because as we know, Chazal tell us, if we would have stayed in Mitzrayim one more second, forget it. Would have been gone, we would not have been identified anymore as Zerah Avraham, and therefore we would never have left Mitzrayim. Right? Like the Haggadah says, Ilu HaKadosh Baruch if you wouldn't have taught, uh, taken us out, Anu Venenu, we would still be servants to Paro. Because we would never have gone out. So the, the, we think, what, what's in a second, what's in a moment? That's the connection. Vahainu, line 22. Right? You have to realize the value of every second. I saw this in the Ksav Sofer and I was going to use it and then I got the Sefer L'Hisanig and I saw he also quotes the Ksav Sofer and then he quotes two or three additional stories related to this. One we've mentioned before, the story about the Chavetz Chaim and Rav Naftali Trapp, the Granat, when he was sick towards the end of his life and all the students in the yeshiva were going around trying to be misnadev, volunteering to give some of their life, some of their, to be misadev, I'll give five minutes to the granat. I'll give this, I'll give that. So the student goes into the Chavetz Chaim and he tells the Chavetz Chaim what the, what the Bachurim are, are doing. They're being misnadev, and he asks the Chavetz Chaim, do you want to take part? You know, this guy gave three hours, this guy gave a week, this guy gave, this guy, do you want to, Rebbe, do you want to take part in the, uh, in the uh, collection? The Chavaz Chaim sits there and thinks about Kovid Rosh and thinks about it for a couple of minutes. After a deep thought, he says, yes, I'm ready. I have my pledge. Yes, Rebbe, what can I write you down for? How much do you pledge? He says, I pledge one minute. One minute? That's all he gives the Granat. The Rosh Hashiva in his yeshiva. He gives him a minute. The Chavaz Chaim says, you appreciate what a minute is? Do you appreciate how much you could accomplish in a minute? Everybody else is a week. Was the Chavetz Chaim's a minute? This infinite value in a minute. Just one second, like the Grorites and Shno Selio and Meseches Peya, Talmud Torah Kenegad Kulam, because every second of learning, every millisecond of learning is unbelievably valuable. And then he also quotes a story about Rabbi Chanan. Rabbi Chanan once got a new pair of shoes. And he was a little upset when he got the new pair of shoes. In source number 10. And they asked him, what's the problem? He says, my other shoes were slip-ons. They took less time to put on. I didn't have to be mavatel so much. These have laces. I guess he couldn't slip them on as easily. He said, 
every second. Every second is something so special and so valuable. And finally, he quotes from Avleib Chasman. He says one time towards the end of his life, on Yom Kippur, he comes down after Ne'ilah. After Ne'ilah goes to his house, and he's weak, and the the uh, Bachurim go, and they're ready to have Admiriv. So then, Rebbeim Chasman asks his students, he's going to have a question. We just read a couple of hours ago, hours ago, Yonah. The story of Yonah and the storm. And the Pasuk says that Yonah says to the sailors, it's my fault. Throw me into the water and the storm will stop. They said, oh, I'm not sure. Throw me in, don't worry about it. But he doesn't just say throw me in. Sauni vatiluni elayam. Lift me up and throw me into the sea. Why did he say, lift me up? Just say, throw me into the sea. What do you mean, lift me up? Says Rebbeim Chasman, Yonah knew the value of every second of life. And he knew he had to get thrown in, but he says, you know what? If I could get an extra second, let me. Lift me and then throw me. That'll give me an extra second. Sony. And that's why Rebbe Chasman says, isn't that fitting for Mincha on Yom Kippur? As time is running out, as we have the last few moments, Yonah teaches us every second. Every second is valuable. Every second we could accomplish so much. Okay. Moving right along. So we have... Ma, you see us Mitzrayim, we have Makas Bechoros, we have Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, but Israel go out, they go out with uh, great riches, and we're going to go now to the end of the Parsha, where we have two of the four times where we talk about the mitzvah of Tefillin. We've spoken about the messages of Tefillin in the past. Tonight, before we get end up with one Dvar Machshava, I'd like to mention two thoughts relating to Tefillin. One of the more famous Issues of Tefillin, and that is Tefillin of Rashi and Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam. We know there's a Machlokas. Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, probably the most famous Machlokas between Rashi and his grandson, Rabbeinu Tam, about how the Tefillin are supposed to be placed into the boxes. We know it talks about the mitzvah of Tefillin four times in the Torah, twice here and twice in Sefer Tvarim. Those are the four parashiyos in our Tefillin. And the Machlokas between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam is the order in which they are placed into the compartments, right? That's the Machlokas, Rashi and Tam, without getting into the details. Fine. Two Ha'aris on that Machlokas. One is a Ha'ara of the Nodabi Yehuda. In source number 11, the Nodabi Yehuda says, Rabbeinu Tam himself would think all of our tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam are puzzle. What? Rabbeinu Tam wouldn't read Rabbeinu Tam tefillin today. Why? How does that work? Says the Nodabi Yehuda, you got to know all of Rabbeinu Tam's shitos. You can't just focus on one. Says the Nodabi Yehuda in Source 11, there's one machlokes, Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, about the order of the parashios. That's true. But there's another machlokes between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, which we are also familiar with in a totally different context, and that is in Hilchos Mezuzah. How is the mezuzah supposed to be situated? Vertical or horizontal? We paskin may ikara did like Rashi, that a mezuzah needs to be vertical. Rabbeinu Tam paskins, horizontal. So, Svartic custom is to do it straight up mamish like Rashi. The Ramah says, you know, we feel a little bad, Rabbeinu Tam, let's compromise a little bit, so lean it a little bit. But if you have a choice, more up or more across, more up is the choice because we paskin like Rashi, not like Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam, though, says that Rabbi Yehuda would say this not only by mezuzah, would say this also by tefillin. That the parshios should not be standing straight up. They should be lying down. And nobody does that today, even Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. They're standing up. And they're not lying flat. So just the Ha'ara says the Nodabi Yehuda that we don't do this. Why don't we do this? Because Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin, there are some other Rishonim that hold like Rabbeinu Tam by Tfilin. There's nobody else that holds like him by Mezuzah. 
says the Nodabi Yehuda. But just to be fair and honest, Rabbi Tam will not wear the Rabbi Tam fillin that we have. That's what he says. He explains why, but the the takeaway ha'ara from that is that Rabbeinu Tam would pass Rabbeinu Tam's fillin today. Okay, but the other ha'ara just to mention, which is uh, one of the top questions that we could ask, the famous question of so what Rashi's father wear. What Rashi's grandfather wear? What fillin did Rashi's cousins wear? Right? That's one of those kashas that we say, oh, uh, I don't know. Let's just move on. But is there, what, what approach do we take to that? It's a question that we ask about many, you know, the questions asked in the Gemara. You know, before Rabbi Avo said that we blow Tashrat, Tashrat, Tarat, what'd they do? What, up until that time, they, what, what they did whatever they want? So how do you approach this? So two ideas. There's more, just to mention two thoughts. The first approach of the Mepharshim is that the Machlokas between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam existed before Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. It existed a long time before. It's just that Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam made it famous. But existed way before. Why doesn't the Gemara mention it? Okay. That's a kasha. But it existed a long time before suggests the Ben Yehoyada, the Ben Ishchai in Menachas, based on an Arizal, it existed much earlier. Let's see. There is a Pasuk in Tehillim where David HaMelech says, Sheva Bayomi Laltitcha. Seven in a day I will praise you. Seven in a day. So what's the seven? So the Gemara in one place says, seven are Birchus Kriyashma altogether. There are seven of them. Right? Four and three. Four and nine and three in the morning. Okay, seven. But there's another Gemara. The Gemara says in Menachis, seven, mim gimel amabeis, tefillin, tzitzis, and mezuzah. That equals seven. How do you get seven? Out of tefillin, tzitzis, and mezuzah. Gemara doesn't say. Rashi there in Menachis says, I got it. Tefillin are two, right? Shalyat rosh. Tzitzis are four, four tzitzis, and mezuzah is one. That's how you get seven. Rashi, Menachis, mem gimel amabeis. Says the Ben Yehoyah, I didn't give that to you, but says the Ben Yehoyah in source 12. I don't like that shot, quoting the Marsha. Bish, Lamal, line 3, Yad, Varosh, Tzfilim, Akvin, Zedzeh. Fine, the, the, you count Tzfilim as 2, that's fine. But why should you count Tzfilim as Tzitzes as 4? It's one mitzvah. How does Tzitzes get to be 4? What, every corner? Why is that? The Yosyotik, Delakushia, Hazos, Meodela, come on. Right, the Gemara says later on, if you don't wear tefillin, you're violating eight, this, that. So says the Ben Yoyada, no, no, I think you get seven in a different way. Sheva Yomi Laticha, how do you get that? The Gemara tells us, as we know, Makom Yesh Barosh Laniach Bobay's tefillin. There's space on the head for two players of tefillin. Is that a cross or one on top of another? Not for now. But it says there's two space for two. And the Zohar says, Assuming there's always written by Shemay Choy, he doesn't say Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. But the Seder, the different orders, it was very early. There's something inherently valuable and significant to both. The Arizal says it. Nimsa, miyamos Moshe Rabbeinu Alav Ashalem ayemenichin beizugos vein beiz mitzvah shein makvin zeh Going way back from Sheva Yom, David Hamelach said that there's always been two tefillins. So two tefillins that equals four. So tefillin are four, tchelas and lavan are two, mezuzah is one. That's how you get the seven according to the Ben Yehoyada. But for our purposes, you see the ancient nature of the two minhagim. Of tefillin, and there's also a tshuva which we're not going to. We don't have time to go into it now. There's a tshuvas minashamayim that's written by one of the baliatosvus. It's a very short sefer, like 35 questions. Questions that he asked a malach. Shelos minashamayim. Right, that is the tshuva that he asked a malach about this uh, question of tefillin, and he writes there elu beilu tiri lokim chayim. But either way, that's one idea that Rashi and Rabbeinu made it famous, but really it existed earlier. There is though another suggestion. This is just, uh, again, wetting the appetite. Feel free to do more research. 
uh, on this topic. Rav Dessler, in Source 14, the Mechtam Eliyahu. Rav Dessler says, in a longer piece, but he says, there, there is much that we do based on clear halacha that was given down from Moshe Rabbeinu. But then there is much that we do that is dependent on minhag. And if it is dependent on minhag, even if there is an accepted minhag, if there is someone who is a major leaguer, a pose kadar, who thinks there is a halachic problem with a minhag, then he has the right, and maybe they even have the obligation, to change or alter. The Methodio says, gives examples. He says, this is one of the examples. He says on line 27. Rashi and Rebbeinu Tam by Tefillin, Beishamai and Beishilo about Saras Erva. There are major machlokos, and you can ask what they do beforehand. Before Beishamai and Beishilo, what they do? The answer is, even if there was a custom one way, one of the greats has the power, as long as it's not against the Gemara. Right, as we know, you can't argue on the Gemara. The Rishonim have the power to change if it's what they think is more halachically valid. So if that's what it could be that Rashi, everybody wore Rashi Tefillin, but Rabbeinu Tam said otherwise, right? The Vilna Gon sometimes went against the, the Minagamakubal. So two ideas. Well, they bo- both always was one and they had the power to change. Either way, Elu Elu, these are shitos. The Shulchan Aruch says, uh, uh, as we know, we pass in the Iker, it didn't like Rashi. We have to wear Rashi tefillin. You can't just wear a Benotam tefillin. Rashi, and those that have the custom of wearing a Benotam tefillin after davening, one can do, one could do that. Not to get into the halachas right now. Let's just end up with a thought that we mentioned about five years ago, but um, it's very relevant every year, especially today, and as we always are hoping for, uh, for the Geula. The Pazik told us, in the middle of the Parsha again, that Bnei Yisrael had to eat the current Pesach in a very unique way. You have to have on your belt, you have to have on your knapsacks, suitcases packed, and eat it quickly. Why? Rashi. Why so fast? What's the message? So Rabbi Rucham in the Das Torah, Source 15, quotes a Medrash. Rav Yirmiya, line four. Havi mefakid va'amar. Rav Yirmiya gave commands that when he is buried, al bishuni manim chivrin, bury me in, in nice clothing. Val bishuni dardasin v'habun chatri biyadi. Bury me with my walking stick, with my sandals. Havu yasi al urcha. Dim ispeis ana ka'im otmis. What does that mean? Rav Yirmiya said, bury me in a way so that by Tchiyas HaMesim, I'm ready. I don't want to have to dilly-dally. I don't want to have to, like, figure out, find something. I want to be dressed. I want to have my walking stick. And I want to be able to just go. One of the Rishonim, whenever he heard a big tumult outside, he always ran on like Mashiach. He was always in the mentality, in the mindset that, oh, 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 like we're expecting something. And then we hear a lot of noise. We think, that, well, that's it. That's the secret of Geula, to be ready for Geula. The secret of Yeshua is Tzipisal Yeshua. What do we say in Aleinu three times a day? Do we think about our words? Nekavalacha Hashem Elokeinu. Liros Mehera. Bisafera Zuzacha. We hope that we see it quickly. Do we really hope? Hope means we expect. Do we hope? Do we expect? And he gives a beautiful mashal. He says, imagine you're going on a trip. Going on a trip on line four, on the next page. You call a taxi. So let's say you call a taxi. You're inside. So then you have your suitcase packed. But you can wait for the taxi to honk. And when, I'm, I'm going to wait outside? No, I'll be inside. When the taxi comes, I'll put my coat on, I'll say goodbye to everybody, and then I'll go out to the taxi. Okay, great. That's if there's a taxi. But, says of Yerucham, what if it's a train? If there's a train that you're catching, do you wait inside without your coat on, relaxing, and then when you see the train, okay, now I'll get the coat on, now, yeah, no. The train's going to leave. The train has a schedule. And you better be on that train. Line 10. 
What is that? Mesilas Abarzel. Right? The train. Rav Yerucham. Beginning of the 20th century. You will get everything ready. The code on everything. Because you know you've got to jump on that train right away or else it's going to leave. Geul is a train. It's not a taxi. And therefore that's how we have to be ready. The suitcase is packed. Not literally. But... The mentality. We have to be ready to jump on. And that's what Rav Yirmiya told them. Rav Yirmiya had the uh, mentality. You have to be ready. Have to be ready. The last paragraph. We have to be looking out the window. Where is it already? Where is it? Rav Salvechik writes in Allah Tshuva. He quotes the story of Rechaim Yivalajin. That one time he heard a whole, whole... No, it's a tumult outside. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's like, somebody said, Mashiach, Mashiach. He runs to his closet to take out, to get his Shabbos suit on. And he's like, where's my Shabbos suit? To grow Remelech HaMashiach. And one of the buttons was off. He was supposed to get it fixed. His wife was going to take it in. And it wasn't. And while he's there, you know, obviously everything becomes clear that it wasn't Mashiach. The suit wasn't ready. He says, why wasn't my suit ready? He was upset. We don't have the proper mentality. If we want the geula, we have to be ready for the geula. And that's why Hashem taught them that. At the first geula, you see us Mitzrayim, you have to eat it quickly. You have to eat it with your knapsacks on. You have to read it with your walking sticks. Because that's how you bring the geula. If we feel it, if we're ready for it, if we expect it, if we hope for it, then Hashem, Hashem will look down and actually bring it Cain Yehi Ratzel.